This is the World Industrial News for Monday, September 12th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part nine of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. So technology is going to come into every aspect of this because we have known to do these things for a number of years, but we simply lacked the basic tools and the basic platform to do them with. That is not true today. We have that technology. And this will be simply applying that technology to a known problem. It should be a very stable and high probability success project. Excellent. Thank you. And I know, you know, personally, we've had numerous delegations in from countries over the past few months that are all focusing on this topic and grid modernization. And, and Pat, you touch on it, right? I mean, even like the European energy shift and the potential that's there. Um, so thank you for that. And I think, you know, before we close out, it would be really great to hear from both of you and just um, get some of your final thoughts. Um, Mona, why don't you kick us off? You know, what are you hearing from some of the drivers in this space? I know you're you are you're knee deep into this this area. Um, any final thoughts from you? Absolutely. I think I just will reiterate what Pat said about the role of technology. I think everybody hopes and wishes to build transformational infrastructure for our country and generations to come. And we cannot do this if we do not truly build back better with technology. Um, all of us in the advocacy space uh, fought very hard to get software services, digitization, digitalization, monitoring and control language into the Infrastructure Investment Jobs Act. We wanted to make sure that those technologies would be eligible for programs like the Smart Grid Investment Grant Program, um, Transmission Facilitation Program, um, and, and a host of others. And so, you know, when working with the Gridwise Alliance um, and other trade associations, some of the crux of our work is to really convey back to the federal government Hey, you said, you know, you said this stuff is eligible. Now we want to just make sure as you're standing up these new programs um, that you're hewing to the legislative language and that we are really going to be able to have um, companies be able to deploy this cutting edge technology so that we really can build back better and modernize our grid. Um, another concern is that states um, are really struggling with staff, you know, just post-COVID, inflation, supply chain, everything that's just kind of converging right now, um, states are understaffed and they need staff in order to get these dollars out the door. And so that is why I encourage the stakeholder outreach to them, because the more that they're hearing from the folks that are actually steeped in these issues and are helping others uh, troubleshoot them, um, the, the better this money will be spent and the more likely it is to be spent on, on technology. And so I think to the extent, uh, if there are companies out there that have government relations teams in the states to really push for digitalization in those state legislatures and make sure that that is a theme that is running through your commentary um, with with these states. Uh, and and with that, you know, I, I think I'll just finally conclude with saying that, you know, let's just recognize that this is an unprecedented moment and we really do have a chance to take advantage of all of the great work that has been done by so many over the past decades. And so I, I'm hopeful um, that we will, in a couple of years, start seeing some really interesting uh, projects that are going to push us forward into the next energy landscape. 
To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Industrial Info is pleased to be presenting a complimentary webinar on the food and beverage industry on Wednesday, September 14th at 10 a.m. Central Time. The webinar will be repeated for audiences in Europe and the Asia-Pacific region. Join our industry experts as they discuss the trends and drivers that are shaping this dynamic industry. The webinar will include commentary on trends, capital expenditures, and key geographical markets, as well as a deep dive into industry sectors, including beverages, agribusiness, packaged foods, meat and poultry, seafood, warehouse and distribution centers, and the dairy sector. Visit industrialinfo.com for more details and to RSVP. U.S. natural gas output is soaring with inventories 11% lower than their five-year norm, according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration. But a dip in the near-term domestic demand forecast, partly driven by an outage at the Freeport LNG Export Complex in Texas, which is expected to last until November, is keeping U.S. natural gas prices at a lower level than the rest of the world. Industrial Info is tracking more than 120 20 maintenance-related projects at U.S. gas-fired power plants valued at more than $570 million in total that are set to kick off in the fourth quarter. Governments around the world, including the U.S., are considering applying excise taxes to what they consider excess oil company profits in light of extremely high commodity prices. A new report by Deloitte examines ways oil companies could instead invest in green technology and how they already are moving in a low-carbon direction. The Striking the Balance report states that select oil and gas companies already have reduced Scope 1 direct carbon emissions by 50% over the last three years. Scope 1 emissions are direct emissions from company-owned and controlled resources. In 2021, 75% of worldwide carbon capture, utilization, and storage investments came from the oil and gas sector. The U.S. Department of Commerce recently released its plan for implementing $50 billion in funding from the CHIPS Act of 2022, which includes $28 billion to support domestic semiconductor manufacturing. Industrial Info is tracking 100 semiconductor projects valued at $184 billion in the U.S. And Mexico state-run Pemex recently announced its production results for July, registering the strongest monthly oil output in at least two years. Pemex produced 1.77 million barrels of oil per day in July, including condensates but excluding its partner's output. This represents the highest monthly oil output for Pemex going back to at least January of 2020. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck reporting for Industrial Info News.